This is Business Women Australia podcast, featuring industry leaders who bring their wealth of expertise from diverse areas to help you build a successful business. Now, on to the show. And welcome to another episode of Business Women Australia podcast. Now, my guest today says... Financial freedom means having the flexibility to make the most out of our lives without relying on a paying job. And joining me on today's show is Helen Nan. Helen, she has been a financial advisor since 2011, helping hundreds of clients to achieve their their lifestyle goals and aspirations. Helen takes time to deeply understand the dreams, aspirations, and goals of her clients, as well as the pains and the fears that hold them back. Then she applies specialized expertise and framework to turn those desires into measurable numbers, followed by clear action plans to achieve financial freedom or comfortable retirement. Now, Helen, she is the author of Your Best Life. She's also the founder of Compound Freedom. Now, specifically on today's show, Helen is going to share three top tips to help us to achieve financial freedom or comfortable retirement for business owners. She'll talk about how changing your subconscious money blueprint can bring financial success as well as the power of compound interest. Welcome to the show, Helen. Thank you for having me, Amory. So you have written a book and that is called Your Best Life and you've got such a wealth uh, of experience and knowledge in the area of uh, finance and financial freedom. Can I ask you what what makes you so passionate about this particular topic, Helen? I didn't really learn good money management skills from my parents and uh, I learned from uh, my experience with my clients, and also I made lots of plenty of mistakes in the past. So I just try to help people understand how to organize their finance and to achieve their finance freedom or comfortable retirements. Yes. And it's interesting, isn't it, when you talk to other women that often the area of finance, you have two camps almost. It's those that understand and have a little bit of understanding around uh, finance and others who say, oh, no, I don't I, I don't really know much about finance at all. But I know having spoken to you previously, Helen, you're passionate about empowering and educating women so that they can make you know, sound financial decisions and and plans, as you say, to have financial freedom or comfortable retirement. And uh, it's one of those things, it doesn't happen overnight. It takes the, you know, um, steps, strategic steps uh, along the way. So let's dive in. You promised to share with us three top tips to help us achieve financial freedom or comfortable retirement, particularly for business owners. What are those three tips? The first one is because a lot of people who's listening this podcast are business owners. So I would rather talk about exit strategies for business owners. So regardless of our age, we need to plan our exit strategies. So when is the best time for you to think about and plan your exit strategies? That is, uh, the ideal time is when you start your business. 
Yes. You know, let's talk about that because often when we're starting our business, the topic or, or even thinking about we need to plan our exit strategy kind of doesn't, it's like, what? I'm only just starting my business, Helen. What are some of the things that planning our exit strategy is going to give us and set up for us? Let's share what are some of the reasons why you encourage people to consider their exit strategies. Okay, so this is really common mistake for lots of uh, small business owners in Australia. They make really decent income when they are working, but they have really little live on in retirements because they try to rely on selling their business to fund their retirements. But their business may be worth less than they think without their environment or it's too hard to sell. Yeah, yeah. And so, so planning that is going to give us some strategy, I would imagine, that we need to start working on towards putting money aside. Um, and as you say, it, it makes it difficult to, for the business to sell. So does an exit strategy then in a plan help us to position the business for being able to, to, to have it be compelling that someone else wants to buy that for us? I would imagine that that's a great benefit, isn't it? Yes. And apart from selling your business, you also need to build a separate pool of money for your financial freedom and retirement planning. Yes. So yes. I call it as a money-making machine. So building a money-making machine should be included as a part of your exit strategy. Yes. yes. So that's the top, that was one of the top tips. We need to, as starting a business, consider our exit plans and obviously not doing so could set us up not being able to sell our business or not having, putting aside money um, for, uh, you know, other times where we may not be earning the same amount of money where we're not running our business. What's another top tip that you want to share today? And the other one is how to shift your subconscious minds, your money blueprint for financial success. Yes. What, what is, how would you define money blueprint if someone hasn't heard that term before? Yes. Yeah, so it is how we are programmed around the money. So we are mainly programmed around the money in three ways. So the things we saw, the things we heard, and the events we experienced in our early childhood because subject of money is not taught at school, it's taught at home. Yes. And I think you mentioned that uh, you felt as a child, you didn't really, um, through your parents, educated in the area of uh, finance. But what we, what parents don't realise is that how they deal with money, what they say about money or may, may not say about money, certainly impacts us as children growing up, what we see and what we hear. And some of those things can be negative and not supporting us when it comes to what we think about money. Is, is, is that what you found as well? Yes, absolutely. That's absolutely right. So when I look at my parents' finance, they are educated and working class, and but they hopeless with money. When I look at their finance, they acquire lots of liabilities and they thought they were assets and keep a constantly struggle on the earning and the spending treadmill. And my dad was one, was one of the top experts in his field. But uh, my mom always complained we didn't have enough money. So money is never enough was in my subconscious mind. And I struggled with money after graduated from uni and got my first job. So I didn't really know how to budget and spend all the money and nothing left over every month. 
because I had a poor mindset. So it's like a lot of people like me, they, their subconscious mind is very much focused on scarcity, yes. not abundance. So true. So that that's a great point. You know, often what we think and what we experience or saw and observed with our through our childhood can impact how we consider and think about money. And so, if we are as business owners can constantly looking at money from a scarcity point of view the lack, don't have enough of, those kind of things, that can really impact us. Because as we know, what we put our attention on and what our, what our focus on continues to expand and grow. What are some of the things, Helen, that you did and perhaps insights that you can share for us today? How do we start to change uh, our mindset towards money? Are there some things that we can do that can help change instantly? Do we need to do it over a long term? What are some things you can share today? That is a million dollar question. <laughs> well, what we can do, we can do lots of things. So we can repeat the positive affirmation every day. And also we can create the vision board and about what we want in our life. And also you can work with a financial advisor who can keep you on track and accountable. But the, the most important thing is taking action. Yeah. So you, you, your subconscious mind believe what you believe was true. So if you want to be a millionaire one day and just uh, telling yourself, I'm a millionaire, I'm, I'm a millionaire, thousands, thousands of times every day, when you are broke, that's not going to work. Mm. But if you take action and then your subconscious mind needs to believe your finance is improving then it's going to work. That's so true. You almost can use the analogy, can't you, Helen, of going to a gym to get fit. We would love to go one day, exercise one day, and then, you know, have our perfect muscles and, and things like that. But it's like that with financial fitness too, isn't it? It's taking the right action day in, day out because that multiplies and I know in a moment you're going to talk about uh, compound interest and, and the power of, of that. It's the same when it comes to finances, doesn't it? We need to um, take the right action, have the right support team, you know, if that, as you said, requires uh, to get a financial advisor and a specialist on our team to be able to support us. That That's a great uh, strategy as well. What are some of the things that you see when working with clients and maybe even you've had this yourself as you were taking that daily action steps and, and weekly and monthly and so on, what are some of the things that can trip us up that we need to be mindful of so that we don't start to do some of those bad habits again? What do we need to be aware of when we're coming to change our money blueprint for the best? Okay, so if you want to achieve financial freedom or comfortable retirements, instead of spending all the money on lifestyle, you need to build that um, uh, money-making machine. So which includes superannuation, men's fund, exchange-traded fund, properties, and shares, which can generate passive income. So in financial planning, the key thing to achieve financial freedom or come to retirement is providing and maximizing one factor in your life that is your income. 
So it doesn't matter business or personal finance, cash flow is the most important thing. So it will take time to build. It's not real. It doesn't really happen overnight. It's going to take five years and 10 years. And you need to build wealth for the long term. I remember someone saying once, and it's, it sounded so simple and, and often it, it can be, is that uh, to get ahead, you need to spend less than you earn. <laughs> you know, yes. it's the same. Spend <laughs> calories out, spend less than you earn. And, and you know, what you said is so true, isn't it? And I heard a term the other day and I thought it's so true. Often as individuals, we want instant gratification. We want the house. We want the car. We want the this. We want the that. But if we have a look at our finances, do we have the money right then and now? And, and often those decisions um, that we make can not be the best decisions for the financial um, situation that that we are in, isn't it? It can take time to build that up, build that up. So I think uh, financial success comes from 70% discipline and 30% skills. So lots of people understand they need to save money and start investing, but they just don't do it. It's an execution problem. Yes. I think, yeah. And also you need to balance so between present and your future need. So if you have extra money coming in, I don't really recommend you spend all the money or just put aside 100% for the future. Because for Asian culture, lots of people just save, 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 and they don't really enjoy. But for lots of people in Australia, they spend all the money now and they have nothing left over for future. So I think my job is to educate my clients' balance. Then they can enjoy both present and future. Yeah, that's right. And it's always one of those things, isn't it? Um, we, you know, we hear the term save for a rainy day. Um, as we said, we both we both laughed because it sounds so simple, yet there's some real truth to that. Spend less than, than you earn, but also put away the balance into something that, as you've said, um, whatever decision it is, that is going to generate returns over the long term um, and of course some of the decisions that we can make to spend things to get instant gratification I want something now may not hold us in good stead particularly um, if we find that uh, yeah you know we, we cannot re afford repayments and so forth and things like that when thinking about your money blueprint what happens if you are a business owner then and you go into a partnership and your money blueprint is quite different to the money blueprint of your business partner. How can you uh, navigate that? How, how do you come into alignment so that you're both on that same page? Okay, that is a really difficult question to answer. <laughs> it's like a, when we help a couple and one is a spender and one is a saver. But uh, for business partners, they, you, you need to have a common goal. So you, yes. you need to have a really similar goal. What is your business goal? What do you need to do to achieve that goals? So that is, that, is a, that is a common ground you need to find and take action, work towards that goals. And there's a, maybe there are some adjustments need to make. So you may you may need to negotiate, negotiate or communicate with your business partner and to see how they can work to, how we can work together to work towards let's uh, let our end goals. We say end goals for our business. Mm -hmm. 
So true. You know, talking about money blueprint and, and money mindset, uh, I know a lot of business owners who may be listening are service-based businesses. So they are, they are in effect, um, selling their expertise and their knowledge that they've gained over many, many years. And one of the things that I have often heard uh, when it comes to money mindset and having your money blueprint, that some people may not necessarily be charging what they are worth, which can be something that undermines the amount of income that uh, someone can make. Can you talk a little bit about money blueprint, um, charging what you're worth, seeing the value in the expertise that you provide and charging what you're worth? I'm sure some of your clients may have had some great support from you in being able to see the real value in the service and expertise they're offering when it comes to their money mindset and charging what you're worth. Uh, charging what you worth is uh, is very is very important concept in the business, especially for the uh, for the service based business. So it depends how you perceive your skills and experience, and also how much you are worth and how much value you can add to your clients. So if you think if you believe you add a plenty of value to your clients and you, if you believe in yourself and you got enough experience experience and skills to help your clients, definitely you can trust what you are worth. But some people, especially for the beginners, startup, startups, they don't really have uh, enough experience. Maybe they don't really have that kind of confidence level to trust the higher fees for their service. But uh, I think it comes from your experience and also self-confidence level. It doesn't really happen from the very beginning. It will take time. Yeah. And confidence, I think, is really important, isn't it? Um, and the time and the more clients that you've worked with and seeing the results that clients can get and also, you know, the, the feedback that you're getting from them um, can certainly support you in building the money mindset and, and around the value, the self-valuing of uh, your expertise. Now, I, I'm just going to check in because we um, really started unpacking some of those top tips. Did we cover all of the top tips? I know we certainly covered two top tips. Helen, was there one other tip that you wanted to share around achieving uh, financial freedom and or comfortable retirement? I think the last one should be the power of compound interest. So you need to understand the power of compound interest. So uh, lots of people are talking about a million dollar retirement planning and they need a million dollar to have a comfortable retirement. So we don't really need a million dollar to have a comfortable retirement. But when we look at just a number, a million dollar, how soon you can achieve a million dollars? So when we look at the, the numbers, Assuming you are getting 8% in uh, investor returns and compounding every year. Mm. If you want to achieve a million dollar figure in 10 years, you need to put aside $5,500 per month. And if you want to achieve a million dollar in 20 years, you need to put aside $1,680 per month. And if you want to achieve in 30 years, you need to invest $680 per month. In 40 years, you only need to invest $300 per month if you are getting 8% compound interest every year. So the earlier you start, the, the less money you need. So we always try to encourage our clients 
start early. So if you if you start early, you can arrive at your destination early. Yes. Can you explain compound interest for those people who may not really be familiar? What what would you say? What is compound interest? It's the interest on the top of the interest. And so while you the, the, that's the reason why you say start early and you gave us a beautiful um, overview of the earlier you start, the less money that you have to put in over the amount of, of years. So that's the reason for starting early. And I'd imagine you've got to do that consistently, don't, don't you? Um, if you do start early and do that consistently, if, if there is ever a time where someone can't contribute X amount per month. Does that mean that they've lost all of the the compounding, if you will? I'm just going to ask questions which, are, you know, people might, might ask. Do they lose the value then of the compound interest? Or if you no. start earlier, it continues to grow? It continues to grow. So if you invest for 10 years and if uh, your circumstances change, you got married and have kids and got other commitments and you can't contribute anymore and you can live there and your investment will grow itself. Let's say that is power of the compound interest. Yes. yes. As long as you are not really withdrawing money from your investments, your investment will keep growing. Yeah. Or if you withdraw the money from your investment, less than investment returns, your investment still keep growing. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Amazing. And of course, there's so many things, doesn't it, um, throughout the year. Uh, I know that there's a lot of discussion at the moment with the, you know, the the increasing in, in the cost of living and, and so forth. And it's all of those unexpected things that can change. But if you've got some great or solid financial principles in place, you've got the right strategy in place and you continue to have been building that over the years, it holds you in good stead, doesn't it, to ride through some of the ups and downs of um, market and 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 so forth as well, it, doesn't it, if, if you've got the right strategy in place that you're continually working towards? Yeah, market is, uh, market is up and down all the time. And if you understand investment and uh, also investment is a long-term game and stay on the track and stay on the cost, you will be fine. So lots of people uh, withdraw their investments when market go down and because they panic. And also they heard lots of bad stories from media and from friends and they panic and they withdraw their investments in the down market. Then they make permanent loss. So our job is to help our clients avoid permanent loss. So if market go down, it's, it's going to be only paper loss. But after, after one or one or two years, market will recover. It's very... Yeah common situation in the investment markets. So you need to understand marks up and down and also you need to know it's it's a long-term game. It's not really short-term speculation. Yes, yes. And sometimes it's that mad panic and rush um, that can continue to, to um, it's like a ball snowball effect, isn't it? And then all of a sudden things can drop because people are withdrawing um, and selling and so forth. So, and that's the importance of um, getting expert advice. And of course, today's podcast episode is just general advice. Uh, We certainly uh, recommend that people do go to speak to people like Nat Helen and uh, of course their financial advisor. So Helen, if people have uh, listened today 
or they catch the recording and they'd like to find out more about the work that you do, can you share a little bit more about the work that you do and then how can people get in contact with you? Okay, people can find more information from our websites, compoundfreedom.au. So I said again, compoundfreedom.au. And also they can download ebooks. So one, one of the ebooks is the, the guide to finance freedom. And the other one will also have a letter, uh, financial health check. So for self-assessments. Yeah, wonderful. That's a great place to start, isn't it? It's to do a, a, a bit of an audit. Where are we now? Where do we want to go? And then working with you, you can then get the right strategy in place um, to be able to work towards uh, the goals. And as you say, to towards financial freedom or for some people being able to uh, have a comfortable retirement. And as a business owner, you can have wonderful years, take advantage of those wonderful years. Um, and as Helen said, uh, start to plan your exit strategy, which when you're just starting up your business may seem, why are we thinking about exit strategy? But as Helen has said, it will allow you to ensure that as you're building your business, you're making the right decisions financially and within your business, setting it up so that down the track, when you do maybe want to sell a business, the business is in a healthy position that someone uh, will want to take that over. Helen, can you say your web address one more time for uh, listeners today? Yeah, it's a compoundfreedom.au. Fantastic. And I believe that you are based uh, and attend the Business Women Australia chapter in Brisbane. You're in a, yes. one of our Brisbane chapters. Yeah, fantastic. So if you'd like to uh, to meet with Helen and our Brisbane chapter, then certainly go to businesswomenaustralia.com.au and check out the various chapters and, and the, the Brisbane chapter. You'll be able to connect with uh, Helen there. Once again, thanks for coming on the show, Helen, and sharing your expertise. Thank you for having me and good luck and the best wish for all the listeners. Yeah, fantastic. Bye for now, Helen. Thank you, Emory. Bye for now. You've been listening to Business Women Australia podcast. Want to become part of a dynamic collective of women who are passionate about business success and personal growth? Go to businesswomenaustralia.com.au forward slash membership to apply. That's businesswomenaustralia.com.au forward slash membership.